Welcome back to Let's Be Real. My name is Erica. I hope everybody is doing really, really well. I hope everybody is in a good, happy mood when you listen to today's podcast. Not that I'm going to be a downer, but I definitely have some things that I want us to really think about today when it comes to communication. Oh, isn't that always a hard one? And honesty. So this is a follow-up to last week, this whole idea and this concept of the phrase, it's not all about you. I'm really just thinking about what that looks like, what a life that's selfless looks like, what a life that's lived with the perspective on eternity. What does that actually look like? That's this whole kind of, I think, big picture that I have wrapped up in this reminder, like, hey, it's not all about you. Did you say that to anybody this week? Have you have you tried it? Have you thought it? Like, ooh, have you caught yourself going, okay, it's not all about me right now. I would be lying if I said that I had, because I didn't. Because I did not have a week of being super introspective, like really evaluating me and my week and my life. I was kind of like, nope, didn't do any of that. Just trying to keep my head above water, and I'm not sure I did, like, Oh, I want to be evaluating myself. I want self-reflection, but it is tough. It is hard. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I want to kind of talk about what I see and kind of hear and in discussion with friends, observe as kind of the current culture of communication. I think our form of communication and the habits and the rules that we follow, particularly in the West, and I'm not even going to say the West. I'm going to say in the U.S. makes it hard for us to live lives that are truly introspective, where we truly self-evaluate. Because in order to self-evaluate, we have to be really, really honest with ourselves, right? We have to be real. We have to be authentic, and we have to be willing to have that conversation with ourselves. And it can be really hard because we don't really communicate in our culture that way, right? We don't typically give a lot of honest feedback to people, And if we do, a lot of times that's in professional settings and it's on a calendar and it's scheduled and you mentally prepare and you go to hear feedback, maybe a performance evaluation for work. It's not something that always very naturally happens in dialogue in relationship. A lot of times that only happens when things are going bad or they're getting confusing or things are struggling between people and you're like, okay, we really need to talk. And a lot of times that doesn't even happen, right? It's just avoided. Who really wants to have these difficult, honest conversations with people? Who wants to hear it? (laughs) Not me. I'd rather get like, uh, just avoid confrontation here. Like, yeah, just tell me the little white lie. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it's fine. And we move on. At least that's what I think on the surface I want, right? A lot of times we're so busy, we don't want to deal with it. Or, no, I don't, don't ruin my day. Like, I've got too much going on. I can't handle another something or the feeling of, another failure or another thing that I need to work on. I would way rather avoid confrontation and difficult discussions. And I think that's what our culture kind of breeds. We want to build one another up. We need to focus on self-esteem. We need to live our best life. We need to be happy. We need to find value and acceptance in all the things. And a lot of times that's because we need the distraction. We run and run and run and we're busy, busy, busy. And it's super uncomfortable to sit, to be still and silent. I hate that. I have the radio on a lot because I don't even like the silent noise. The silence 
can really be loud. It is only in the silence that I will really truly take the time to think about life, me, what's going on, the people around me, how am I doing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing it well? Am I failing? Right? We all know how this goes. <laughs> we all live in our head to a certain extent. We understand this all too well. So we keep moving. We keep avoiding. We don't want to deal with our own honesty. And we really don't probably want to hear it from other people. Now, it's easy to say, well, actually, I mean, I do want to know because I do want to improve and I want to fix myself and be my best self, right? It's real easy to give lip service to that. But the question is deep down in your core, do you really want to hear it? Do you really want to know? It hurts. I don't really always want to know. And it's not something that is common and off the cuff and ready on our lips in this culture of communication that we have and that we are immersed in. We do lots of things like tell our kids, you know what, if you work hard, you can be anything when you grow up. Okay, so my question is, is that actually true? I mean, it's a very common thing. It's what we say all the time. It offers hope. It offers encouragement, maybe some motivation and some drive. But I've heard from adult friends, like even some of my parents' friends, like, yeah, my parents lied to me. They told me I could be anything I wanted to, but it's not true. I couldn't actually be this or this or this because there were just natural limitations in life. I have a friend who really wanted to be in the military and be a pilot. He was told, you can be anything. He was like, guess what? My eyes weren't correctable to what they needed to be to be a pilot. So no, I can't be anything. Now, this probably seems extreme, but talk to the people that were really depending on that truth and depending on that statement and that line that they believed for so long only to find out that what they put their hope in didn't work out to them. It's a really big loss and it hurts. I call this well-intentioned dishonesty. Like we don't really even see it as dishonest because in all actuality, like when you work really hard toward a goal and a dream, the probability certainly increases, right? That that's going to become reality, but it's definitely not guaranteed. But there are so many things that we do kind of treat in the back of our minds as a guarantee and maybe an expectation is a little bit more of a gentle phrase. Like, well, if I do this and if I do this, then this will work out or this will play out. And it just turns out to be not the case in so many things. And it's part of this culture of communication of we aren't overly honest. I was going to say if we're being honest, <laughs> but that, you know, seems like a lot of honest bombs. But it's true. It's not easy to be honest. It's not easy to tell friends like, you know what, I think you're being a little self-centered here, or I think you kind of hurt that person's feelings. I'm not quite sure you should have said that. Maybe in our closest, safest, and truest relationships, we can do that. But in some of these relationships where we're like, uh, not super, super close, it's really hard. Because you're like, they're going to get mad. They're not going to talk to me anymore. This is going to change our relationship. What do I do? And that whole what do I do question I find very interesting because I get questions from friends just throughout my lifetime, right? And even from my daughters, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. 
and it's usually in a relationship setting. It's like, well, what's going on? And almost always does it have to do with either two other parties or themselves and somebody else, or they feel stuck in between a situation. Maybe you can relate to this. And they have anxiety and they're sick to their stomach about it. They're just lost. I have no idea what to do. This group over here is doing this. This group is over here is doing this. And I feel like I fit in over here and over here, but I don't really know. And there's all of this conflict and almost always in these scenarios, almost always is the answer is you're just going to have to be honest. We spend so much time agonizing over what to do because it can be so hard to be honest and to have those challenging conversations. It's not something our culture is really, really good at. It's something that we definitely need to practice. And because it's not really overly cultural for us, it makes it very hard for us to then be honest with ourselves. Now, there's definitely spiritual warfare. And all of that, in all of that, God calls us to honesty, to integrity, to love. A lot of times these difficult conversations really are about how we love people. Colossians 3, 9 says, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices, we are to be honest as believers. And sometimes it's really scary and it's really frightening and it's very challenging. Ephesians 4, 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we're all members of one body. It's a, I think it's a skill that has to be developed and the more you do it, the easier it gets. Humility also is, I think, something that grows and you get better at and it gets developed. The more that you hear the truth, the more that you hear feedback, it can make it a little bit easier the next time. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's like, oh, good. Tell me more. Yeah. What else do I suck at? (laughs) Anybody else been there? Like, just keep it coming. Get it all done. Tell me all at once so I just can deal with it one time and move on. But what makes me really think about how it is that we communicate is there's such a contrast between how we kind of talk or in this culture compared to some of my friends from Europe. So a couple of funny stories. So we have some friends that are in Germany and we were talking to one of them and he was telling us a story about when his parents came to the U.S. They went to Tennessee and they went over to a friend's house because a friend had communicated to them through social media or email or phone. I don't know how at one point, like, hey, if you're ever in the States and you come our way, come over. We would love to see you. Let's have dinner. Like, let's get together. So they came, they were in town and they went over to their friend's house and the friends were like, oh, what are you doing here? And they said, you told us that if we're ever in town to come and they're like, oh, okay, like to us, we know here in the context of the U.S., like it doesn't always work out the best to just drop by. Like when someone says, oh, we should get together, it's kind of, again, this well-intentioned statement of I'm showing that I value you and that I would like to do this. However, we probably need to look at some dates on the calendar. We need to figure out a time, figure out where we're meeting, probably how long we might even be together because some of us might be busy and we're just squeezing you in. And then what should we bring and where should we go? Like we got all these, this planning. We all know this. His parents were miffed 
They went to their house and they're like, why would you tell us to come here when we're in town if you didn't actually mean it? They're like, well, no, we actually, we, we meant it. And he was explaining to me, he's like, no, in Germany, that's not the case. Like if we actually said to you, hey, if you're ever in town, come over, that is exactly what we mean. And if you showed up, we would be thrilled. We'd be excited to become this whole big deal. He said, we would never say something to somebody just to be nice <laughs> if we didn't wholeheartedly meet it. And after getting to know them over years as a couple, I totally believe them that they don't just say things just to be nice. They're not going to just pay you a compliment just to make you feel good about yourself because maybe that will get them in a little bit better in their relationship. The honesty is so blunt. It's kind of refreshing. Oh my gosh, we laugh all the time at the things they say because it's just so blunt because it's bold. And we're like, all the things people here are thinking, but no one is saying is coming out of their mouths. And you just laugh so hard because you're like, I can't believe they just said that. And yet it's true. The things, the comments and scenarios and situations with people every time I was like, yep, that's true. That's true. Huh. We just don't talk like that. So that was kind of one of these big lessons for me as I evaluated the, the contrast between them and us. So another example is um, my in-laws. They have a friend, kind of a dancer, fitness instructor, older Russian woman. So I was working at a dental office in the evening and she and I knew each other. I had taken a couple of her classes and I had just had my third daughter. Now, when I get pregnant, when I had gotten pregnant, I should say, I really enjoy being pregnant. I eat and I eat a lot of food and I gain a lot of weight. I'm like, eh, I'll deal with it later. I'm going to enjoy this now. So I gained quite a bit of weight and at this point was working very hard postpartum to get the weight off after the third. And I was so proud of myself. I had lost like all but 10 pounds, right? Those pesky 10 pounds. Feeling good, like clothes hanging better than they normally do. Not great, but better, but just feeling comfortable in my own skin, which I don't always feel. This happened to be one of those times. And as I'm working that evening, she comes in and she's like, Erica, oh, it's so good to see you. You have lost much weight, she says. I was like, oh, thanks so much for noticing. I have, I've been working really hard. I'm really excited about it. And she goes, hmm, yes, but you need lose more. <laughs> I was like, and I kind of stood there deflated like, hmm, now she was right. I did still have more to lose. And she saw that and she called it right out. <laughs> and I had this moment of, huh, now I could be offended and upset or own it and be like, yep, you're right. And I did. And then I was like, I sure do. <laughs> but it was one of these things like, yeah, we don't really talk to each other like that here. <laughs> and I think a lot of you listening are probably like, yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> like, let's be nice. Yeah, I definitely do think that there's probably um, a line, <laughs> right? Of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> Is that treat others how you wish to be treated. But I think in all of in both of these scenarios, I'm very confident that these people communicated in ways that they themselves in turn would be comfortable being treated. But I think it's just the culture of communication that they were born and raised in. And it is one that is bold, it is blunt, and it is honest. So which really is the right way, huh? Um, I think I'm going to let you guys really ponder and think on that one for yourself. The point I bring up this conversation about our culture of communication and 
just honest communication is one to acknowledge that it is very difficult to truly be honest in relationship. And I want you to kind of pay attention to that this week. I challenge you, I should say, to pay attention and to see, catch yourself. Do you find yourself kind of glossing over things and not wanting to deal with things and avoiding them? And in doing so, just kind of not address it, not be honest with it. If you're asked, uh, uh, is everything okay? And you say, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, read a book on that one. And it took the whole book for me to realize if I'm not fine, if I'm upset and I'm asked by my spouse or somebody else, are you okay? And I say, yeah, it's fine or I'm fine, but I'm not. It's a lie. (laughs) It's being dishonest. You have to choose to answer honestly. But it's so much easier to just avoid and not deal with it. I think we can probably all agree. So the point of bringing this up is, yes, let's evaluate over the course of this week, over the next couple weeks. Just pay attention to your conversation and to life. Do you catch yourself kind of glossing things over and not being completely or fully honest because it's hard and you don't want to hurt anybody and you don't want to go there? And then after that, ask yourself the next question. Okay, but am I being truly loving to this person by not doing so? And then take that one step further and apply it to ourselves. Okay, am I honest with myself? Am I a good self-reflector? Or do I keep myself really busy and keep the radio on and the noise on so I'm not alone in the silence so that I don't have to reflect truly and honestly on myself? Do I pray and ask God for him to reveal things in me? Because I actually do want to reflect Christ because I do want to become more and more like him? Or would I kind of rather to avoid and not go there? I'm too busy for this. (laughs) I definitely go through seasons where I'd rather avoid, not deal with it, not try to grow, not try to improve, not be honest with myself, just be busy. Because then I can quite honestly say, well, I'm not being dishonest with myself. I'm not avoiding the prick of the conscious because there's not enough time and room and thought for me to actually be convicted by things. So as we continue to talk about kind of this eternal perspective, this selfless living, this, hey, it's not all about you. We have to be willing to self-reflect well. So as we look at areas of our life over the next couple of weeks, relationship or money or family, and we ask ourselves, is it all about you? We have to be willing and ready and prepared to reflect and answer those questions honestly. So good luck this week. I'll be praying for God to reveal to all of us areas in which we're either not honest with ourselves or honest with the people in our lives and then ask him on top of that to show us, okay, well then what should I be doing? How should I be moving forward with it? Because that is not easy. 